Welcome to the RYR Endurance Team Podcast. We are grateful that you've chosen to tune in and listen. If you are a runner, aspiring runner, triathlete, or aspiring triathlete, you are in the right place. We love sharing what we know about these sports. If you like what you hear, you can always learn more by contacting us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or by visiting our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe to our podcast. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening. Good afternoon, Paula. What's going on, Coach Roberts? Not much, Coach Roberts. We are Dean and Paula Roberts, and we co-coach the RYR Endurance Team, where we love coaching runners, aspiring runners, triathletes, and aspiring triathletes. And if you're tuning in for the first time today, welcome. And if you're a regular listener, we appreciate that you subscribe. So I would like to kick off this podcast today by congratulating Chaney the youngest member of the RYR endurance team for her outstanding performance this weekend. Yeah, she had a great race at the Kentucky Track and Cross Country Coaches Association meet in Louisville, Kentucky. And her dad did a great job recording the video so we could watch it. Thanks, Dad. And Cheney, you did great. We're proud of you. Great job, girl. So the weather here in Owensboro, Kentucky has turned out to be beautiful this week as opposed to the snow and ice we had, then we had flooding, now it's just beautiful. You know, the weather was so beautiful yesterday. When I ran in the morning, it was still dark, it was very early. Temperature was in the 30s, which honestly wasn't too bad compared to what we have been running in, but yesterday afternoon it was in the 60s, there wasn't a cloud in the sky, so I just couldn't help myself. I had to go out for a second little shakeout run. Two a days. Yep. Well, you've got a marathon coming up in a few weeks. I do. April 3rd. Carmel. You're going to do great. Thank you. Also, with the weather so great, I've been able to get baby Ann outside. <laughs> yeah. We've actually gone to Legion Park two days in a row now. Wow. She loves to swing. And today, she actually even did a little protesting when I went to take her out of the swing. Oh, my. Yeah. I noticed that she has started to wear tennis shoes. Yes. The baby finally wears shoes. It's amazing. <laughs> Something new every day. So enough about Ellie at least for now. In this podcast today, we're going to be interviewing John Gleason, the race director for the Wendell Foster Half Marathon. And this is a great cause. It's a great event. We know you're going to enjoy this interview, so let's get started. Let's do it. We're here with John Gleason, race director of the Wendell Foster Half Marathon and vice president of community engagement at the Wendell Foster Center. Welcome, John. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Glad to do it. I know you're a busy person. I saw you at the Chamber of Commerce Rooster Booster meeting this morning. (laughs) Thanks for taking time to be part of this program. Yes, sir. Yeah, this morning that was fun. We uh, Chad had us go down some of our playground equipment, so it was entertaining. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that the architectural design of the facility from an aerial view kind of looks like a, a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was built in, I believe, 1994, um, and I 
I, I haven't seen that view except, you know, with the aerial footage, um, but it, it is neat that the architects worked that into the plan. So before we actually start talking about the actual half marathon, wanted to just ask you a couple of things about you personally as an athlete and just about the Wendell Foster Center also. Why don't we start by you telling us a little bit about your personal journey as an endurance athlete? Sure. Um, so in fifth grade, I joined the Burns Middle School cross country team, and that's where I just got hooked. I got hooked on that runner's high, if you will. I, I love to do anything outdoors, and I love to just be energetic. So it, it was something where I could just run for long periods of time, got the run in the woods, and it, it's just something that, that's been able to grow since then. It's given me a, a lifestyle. I've been able to apply that goal setting, not only to my endurance, fitness, life, but also into my personal life. Each year, Ashley and I, we will, my wife, Ashley and I will sit down and we'll come up with plans and goals for, for the year, whether that be with budgeting, whether that be with our health. So it, it, it has turned into a lifestyle and it all started back in fifth grade. Yeah, that's neat. I started at a really early age as well. And it, it's great when young kids can establish good, healthy habits. Yes, sir. Yeah, so it, uh, cross country is where I started. And then my brother's coach, he, my brother ran cross country for Apollo in high school, and his coach was into triathlons. His, his name was Mike. Well, his name is Mike Fleener. And I, I just thought that was so neat. It was so cool that he here he is doing Ironmans in Hawaii, which you all know very well. And it, it was something that I aspired to be, to be able to run, bike, and swim all in one event. And that's that was the sport. I mean, that you get on the bike today, even at the age of 30, I still feel like a child. So you it, are a child compared to <laughs> Uh, you did a duathlons for a while, didn't you? I did. And, you know, let's be honest, my swimming is not very strong. So <laughs> it, it was something that favored two of my strengths, running and cycling. But I, I honestly have find more enjoyment in the triathlon. It's just the, the camaraderie around that, the environment around the triathlon atmosphere. It, it's just different. And it, it's addicting. You show up to an Ironman on race morning, you just get hyped, whether you're racing or not. It's hard not to have that energize you. Yeah, certainly. We, we love it when adult athletes are willing to learn swim technique because when you learn swim technique as a young child, it's a whole lot different than when you learn it as an adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wish I did swim when I was younger. Uh, it's much harder to to learn those swimming techniques at at 30 than it would have been at you know the age of five or six you know you, you do some of these triathlons and you'll have like a 15 year old just just flying past you in the water and it looks like no effort to them and I'm over here just trying to stay afloat <laughs> yeah just get out of the water so you can use your strengths that's right yep survive the swim has been my race goal I'm not saying that's the ideal state but that's what I've had to do yeah so last week John we did a, actually did a podcast about balancing our hobby of endurance sports with work and life and I know you're super busy you're a, a uh, husband 
and a father to a sweet little boy, Lincoln. And uh -huh. now I hear there's a little baby girl on the way this summer. So how do you go about prioritizing your schedule? Yeah, Paula, uh, you know, starting out um, when we when Lincoln was on the way, so about a year and a half ago, people, they were giving me that warning of your, your life's going to change, your schedule's going to change. And honestly, at first, I, I didn't believe it. I was hoping that I would be able to adjust. And uh, shortly after Lincoln was born, my endurance fitness lifestyle went on pause. And we, we had to make adjustments. We, we had to find a way to still get um, our exercise in, to still get that release. Uh, so what, what we do is it, it all starts with actually uh, that evening, making sure you go to bed on time. Because if you don't get your workout in in the morning, coming home after work, that couch looks even more appealing. So I've, I've had to find that balance of waking up on time, getting in a workout in the morning and, and going to bed on time. So that's and again, it's, it's kind of like what we talked about with how cross country has impacted my personal life. You, you got to have a plan. You got to have a plan of, hey, this this is what my workouts are going to look like for the week. This is my, my structure for the month. Uh, you know, these are my progressive weeks. This is my recovery week. So without that plan, I know it sounds, um, you know, silly, but if, if you don't have a plan, you plan to fail. Yeah. What I know too, your wife, Ashley, is an endurance athlete as well. And so it kind of helps that she has that perspective and understanding and supports you in your goals. Yeah, yeah, that's really neat. You know, Ashley and I, we met when I was working at the bike shop. So I knew when she walked in that she was a qualified candidate. And, <laughs> and then once I saw that she could cook and that she was uh, had a healthy lifestyle, it, there was a lot of boxes that she checked. And most importantly, with <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad she checked the boxes for you. Yes. I think absolutely. you checked a box or two for her as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I like the joke. I do in just about every category except for the, the handyman skills. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to improve on that. Well, if she compares you to her father, you don't have a shot. Oh, I don't. I don't at all. <laughs> <laughs> Something about those Murphy boys. They just do it all. They can. They really can. So, John, tell us a little bit about the Wendell Foster Center and its mission. Yeah, so Wendell Foster, we've been around for 74 years, and 2022, we'll be celebrating our 75th year. So I invite you and your listeners onto our campus for our 75th birthday bash. We're really going to blow that out of the water. Wendell Foster, its mission is to empower people with disabilities to realize their dreams and potential. And what's so neat about my job, community engagement, I have two focuses. I have the focus of friend raising and then fundraising. So my job, it's really easy. All I have to do is talk about the great works that go on here. And there's plenty of it. Our physical therapists, our occupational therapists, speech therapists, they're terrific. They go above and beyond in their care. Our uh, direct support professional staff, uh, we have over 360 employees that work here. And uh, again, it, it's just an, an excellent place to work with a great mission. That's a pretty good sized staff. Do you have an estimate on the, the number of patients that reside there and the number of patients that visit for services? Sure. So we have 63 residents that live here full time. And then with outpatient care, 
We help over 700 people a year. And in total, with our transportation, with uh, residential services, community support, we help over 2,000 people a year with disabilities. And it's remarkable. We'll have people that will travel over an hour and a half for just day services to receive care from us and then drive right back home. So it, it's been eye-opening for me. Before I started working here, I thought it was just a, a residential facility, and I have grown to, to learn that it, it's so much more than that. Well, I experienced firsthand the awesomeness of the staff there that work with the residents because the school where I was principal, the Wendell Foster Center resides in our school district, and it was just always a great partnership and just the love and care the students would get from the staff at the center is just warm my heart because those kids are yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, it it really is, Paula. I've, I've coming up on working here for four years, and even you know after being here four years, each day seeing that interaction, it it still warms your heart. Mm -hmm. It's it's pretty neat. In some ways, Wendell Foster is is a secret of Owensboro, and it's part of my job to make sure it's not a secret. And I'm, I'm thankful to, to hear that you've had that interaction and experience. So John, on this podcast, we like to talk about our granddaughter, Ellie-Ann, quite a bit. <laughs> so so Ellie-Ann was an outpatient of Wendell Foster Center. And that was eye-opening to me because I didn't know that Wendell Foster Center treated newborns that had torticollis. Yeah but she received great care and is doing great. Yeah, that I, I didn't know the age range either. We'll, we will seriously have week-old babies in, in our facility for, for conditions such as torticollis, and we, we've helped people into uh, the end of life, you know, 80s and 90s, so it's, it's a, a wide reach. So you mentioned that your responsibilities are friend raising and fundraising. There was a, a time in the past where our son, Jacob, played baseball. Yeah. And I was nominated to be the coach of the baseball team for some reason. Anyway, it was, it was fun. <laughs> he is a much better endurance sports coach than baseball coach. We had fun. We didn't play very <laughs> many games. But as one of my responsibilities as being a coach was to try to round up sponsors to help pay for the uniforms. Yeah. So I was calling different businesses that I knew. And I called the auto repair place that we frequented a lot more often than we liked because our vehicles were old, old <laughs> at the time. So I, yep. I called them and I was thinking, well, surely they're going to donate something to help my baseball team as much time as I spend with them and as, as much as I paid them. And, so, and the response that I got when I called was, we donate a set amount every year to the Wendell Foster Center do you want us to take money away from the Wendell Foster Center for your baseball team? And I was surprised and humbled by that response. Yeah. Of course, I said, no, don't take any away from the Wendell Foster Center. But I knew that the Wendell Foster Center needed the money more than my baseball team for the uniforms. Well, Dean, we I know I wasn't with Wendell Foster at the time, but we appreciate you making that decision. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing that was probably tongue-in-cheek on the part of the company. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure the funds were going to go to the great cause. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's 
it's pretty neat. You know, I've been in this position since September and the stories with the donations are just really cool. We'll, we'll receive checks from California, from the state of Washington. They, they come from all over the place. And it's just, again, I'm from Owensboro, Kentucky. I've, I've driven past Wendell Foster my entire life. And I had no idea what impact this facility had on a national level for people with disabilities and, until I, I started working here. So the Lord's at work with Wendell Foster. That's awesome. So we've started to hear a little bit about Wendell Foster Difference Maker Movement. Can you yeah. share a little bit about that? Yeah, so the Wendell Foster Difference Maker, this is a movement that uh, we actually had going with the, the previous half marathon for 2020, uh, where you can kind of be sponsored per mile. So say if you went out there and said, hey, would you like to sponsor me per mile? The proceeds will go to Wendell Foster. So that's kind of where that language started to show up. And now we are using it for everything. So we, we call our employees, our donors, our volunteers, uh, our care recipients. You are a difference maker. So if you're falling into any of those categories, which just about everyone does, one, one category or the other, you are making a difference for Wendell Foster. And we just want to say thank you for being a Wendell Foster difference maker. You created a way to raise funds to support the Wendell Foster Center by organizing the half marathon. And it seems like a great way to merge your strengths as an endurance athlete with your passion for the mission of the Wendell Foster Center. What caused you to take on this huge task of being a race director? Yeah, so like, like you guys, I have passion for, for helping others. I love to see other people achieve their goals. And I also love to, to compete. I love to run. And then with my job, I have to fundraise. And I was like, you know, what can we do where it kind of incorporates all of that? And the half marathon accomplishes it. It's so cool being on the green belt and seeing someone with a Wendell Foster half marathon shirt. Maybe they have a hat on or, or our pace team. They, they like the shirt well enough to, to wear it throughout the year. And it, it, it's just neat to see the whole community come together for a cause. Uh, we're all well aware that there's there's plenty of division in the world today, but this is something where we can unite and come together on November 13 and and support Wendell Foster. And not only that, it, not only does it impact and benefit Wendell Foster, but lives are being changed. People will email me and say, "Hey, my husband lost 100 pounds training for this race." And of course, they're they're the ones that have to do the work. But it, it's just it's nice to hear that people are taking that step, taking that leap of faith to, to alter their lifestyle in, in a positive way. Well, as coaches and athletes, we love that there is this half marathon in our hometown. It's very exciting for Owensboro. Yeah, we, we have a lot of talented um, endurance athletes here. So as you all know very well, Owensboro deserves an event like the Wendell Foster Half Marathon. And Again, I'm, I'm thankful for you guys supporting that. Yeah, and if you're listening to this and you're not from Owensboro, it's certainly a neat little town. Our riverfront is phenomenal, and we welcome both local and out-of-state, out-of-city athletes to sign up for this great event. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, we've had, um, on average, around 900 runners sign up for the race, and 
We've had over 20 states represented uh, and it's been in an international event each year. We had someone from the country of Turkey the first year and someone from Canada for our virtual race. That's awesome. Amazing. So kind of shifting gears just a little bit, kind of getting into the details of race coordinating because that's always fascinating to me. But now that you've been on both sides, participating as an endurance athlete and now serving as the race director, what's been your biggest surprise? You know, my, my biggest surprise with, with being the race director, being on that side of things, is, is just hearing the support from the community. So many people want to help, whether that be from a sponsorship standpoint, from a volunteer standpoint. We, we seriously have to have several internal individuals dedicated to helping navigate these conversations because it, the, the outpour is, is just overflowing. It, it's coming in through our emails, through our, our, our phone system. People want to help with the event. And that, that's what's neat. Uh, we'll have people say, hey, you know, I, I want to pace this group. I want to sponsor this water station. I, again, it, it's just something where we can be unified and all come together for, for a great cause. That's awesome. What have been the more difficult aspects of coordinating this event? Definitely communication. So when you have to communicate with 300 volunteers, uh, over 25 sponsors, there's a lot of communication and, and it seriously takes nine plus months to, to coordinate. And I think a lot of people think that a race just comes together and, and it doesn't. And I'm always grateful for those that are very patient and understanding for when there are hiccups, because there will be, but we, we try to do everything we can to, to avoid those. I've got to say that the inaugural event in 2019 as a pacer, and somebody who's been to a lot of races, it seemed like it went off without a hitch. I mean, even the weather was perfect. <laughs> yeah, we started those prayer requests pretty early for that. And, you know, honestly, Dean, it, it truly takes a team. It, it was cool. It was really neat. I got to go out and bike in front of the race to make sure everything was set up correctly. OPD was fantastic. Uh, you could hear them all on the radios coordinating. Uh, hey, I need to be at this street blocking off traffic. The city was awesome. Tim Ross was out there making sure the event was set up and ready to go. I mean, the city closed down J.R. Miller Boulevard for this race, and I just haven't seen that before. So just, I don't know. It's, it's cool. Really cool to witness. Well, the course was fun, and it was fast, and it was flat, and it was extremely motivating. We actually ran past the Wendell Foster Center campus, and many of the residents we're out cheering and I mean it was just it was just awesome yeah I don't know I'm, I'm about to get emotional and I'm trying not to but it, it definitely brings back some good memories and and I'm ready for it to be back so what would be your best advice for athletes now that you've been on the other side of it yeah especially with 2020 a lot of events got postponed got canceled uh, regardless if it's a for-profit organization such as Ironman or it's a nonprofit like Wendell Foster, just, just please be patient. Please be understanding. I know you've been working hard and training. J just show those race directors and those volunteers grace. They, they are just as disappointed as you are with, with the cancellations and the postponements. Well, sometimes when you're on social media and you're in some of these different endurance athlete groups, you hear a lot of rumbling and grumbling about how a race being canceled affected them or whatever. But I can just say like, just thinking of it 
from Wendell Foster and your point of view, it's a much larger impact on you than it is to any single athlete. But I will say this, I've not heard one person complain about the Wendell Foster going virtual because everyone knew the funds were for a great cause. And yeah, so I just think you handled all that change really well. Yeah. I mean, thank you, Paula. It, it was tricky. We had to switch to a virtual event literally the day before the expo. If you look it up, I believe it was March 12th and you'll see where COVID changed the nation. Disney closed, March Madness was canceled, you know, all kinds of, the Boston Marathon was switched or postponed, whatever the wording was. And here we are, we're like, man, are we racing or not? And ultimately we had to do what was best for our population and in our community. Yes, your race timing was really one of the first that had to respond. And you guys did an outstanding job communicating and coming up with a, a plan B. Thank you, Paul. So but going back to 2019 with the first race, what was your biggest fear holding such a big event for Owensboro for the first time? Yeah, my biggest fear, uh, probably a, like a water station running out of water or the race being rerouted to a different direction. So we had the spray chalk out there. We had all kinds of signage. Sarah Poole is our, our volunteer coordinator for the race. She, she made sure we had plenty of volunteers at every intersection, making sure someone didn't get lost. Because I'm, I'm sure you've been there too. I've been at races where we've ran out of water. I've, I've gotten lost on a course. And, and that's just something you don't want to have happen, especially your inaugural year. Now, will she be involved again? Is she still involved? She is. Yeah. She's yeah. terrific. So a former student of mine and she was terrific even in middle school. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make sure Sarah hears this podcast. She was my babysitter growing up. So she's known oh. me my whole life and she's a great <laughs> teammate. <laughs> oh, she's sweet. Her whole family's awesome. I can say that. Yeah. Yep. So Deal. what was the most rewarding aspect of going home after the very first race? Uh, I, I would say probably the nap, but, <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, standing there at the finish line and, you know, I'll have to share the highlight video with you, but in the highlight video, you see just everyone hanging out around the finish line, around the uh, nutrition tent area. And not only are they talking with themselves, but they're talking with people that we support. And it's like, man, this is what it's about. It's an all-inclusive setting. People with disabilities are racing. People of uh, just all walks of life are out there and, and just supporting each other. That That's, I, I just can't put that into words. So in 2019 and then again in 2020, you did a great job with the swag and the medals. What can you tell us about your plans for this year? Yeah, so we will definitely have a, a huge finisher medal. We will have nice, you know, technical clothing, whether it be long or short sleeve, that's something that we're still discussing. And then we'll have a, a unique piece to add to that, whether it be a hat or, or something else. I'll, I'll keep that to myself for right now, but it's going to be worth your while. I'm sure it will be. So I noticed on the race website that the course isn't posted yet. Are you considering changing the course? I hope to keep the course the same. So the, the process behind that, we just have to get approval from the city and there is a process to it. Uh, and then also, I know there's been um, requests for it to be certified, and that's something that we're looking into. Uh, I would say there's a high possibility that that's going to happen this year. 
good to know. Yep. Great course. Great, great course, great cause. That's what I like to <laughs> time I share your uh, information. Yeah, it's a good little tagline. That's right. I like to blast it all over Facebook. Thank you. So, so for our listeners who have taken the time to listen all the way to the end here, do you have a discount code you'd like to offer them? Yeah. Enter the race? Yeah. So uh, if participants use RYR10, and that's the number 10, not spelled out, RYR10, they will receive 10% off at the Wendell Foster Half Marathon. There's not an expiration on that. Yeah. That's great. Thanks, John. So we always like to share a Bible verse in each of our podcasts. Did you have one you'd like to share with our audience? Yeah. So the Bible verse that I try to apply not only to my endurance lifestyle, but my personal lifestyle is Ephesians 4.32. And that's where um, scripture tells us to be kind and compassionate to one another, to, to forgive each other, just as in Christ forgave us. Not to get too far into my testimony, unless you want to do that. Um, Go for it. Okay. (laughs) So uh, I I grew up where there was just sin in my life, especially like in the middle school days, and I was off track. And thankfully, uh, I I found Christ in upward basketball. And since then, I, you know, each and every day, I I try to, to live like him. And so if, if he can forgive me of my sin, then why can't I of, of my neighbor or, you know, my, my colleague? So I, I try to, to be kind and compassionate. And I think that's something that we all, you know, need to apply to our lives, especially with what we went through in 2020. Uh, I think we're all aware that there's a division and it's just a, a time to, to show grace and to show love. Amen. And I would say that the Wendell Foster Center certainly applies that scripture being compassionate to others yeah dean it's i mean again all, all i get to do is talk about it but witnessing it you're right we, we have a, a really talented staff here and, and they truly do care it is rewarding to witness so before we conclude the podcast is there anything else you want to share with us about wendell foster center or the half marathon yeah just in general uh, wendell foster we are thankful for everyone's support Thank you for choosing our race. I know there's many out there, especially in the fall season. So thank you for continuing to choose the Wendell Foster Half Marathon. We're, we're just grateful. I, that's, that's all I can say about that is, is just thank you. Well, in our show notes, we'll be sure and put the link to the Wendell Foster Center where people can get more information and also a link to uh, race registration. Yes, ma'am. Yep, registration is going. It's, it's actually been spiking. We've had over 200 people register in just a matter of days, and it, it took us three months to get to that with our previous record. So people are, e- people are eager to get out and uh, you know, j- just get back to, to having that community. So I, I'm excited about it. We are too. Thanks so much, John. Thanks, John. Tell Ashley Thanks, I said hello. I will. Thank you all. If you enjoy our podcast, why don't you look us up on Facebook? RYR Endurance Team, and we'll let you into the group, and you can even make suggestions on future topics. And we hope we see you in Owensboro in November. Definitely. At RYR Endurance Team, we specialize in customized coaching. What is customized coaching? It's more than a training plan. It's a relationship. It's a partnership. So what are your goals? What are you training for? Contact us 
at ryrcoach@gmail.com or visit us on our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe to our podcast. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening. Good afternoon, Coach Roberts.